Ben works with um, World Outreach International in um, Southeast Asia, and he's also my brother-in-law and Lydia's dad and Bruce and Joanne's son. And so we just all love having Ben here, and he's got um, some really cool things to share with us, some um, exciting things, and we're just blessed to have him here. So if you will, um, let's just welcome him. Yeah. All right. Good morning, everybody. Nice to see you all. Been quite a whirlwind of a week. And um, this is a big weekend for us as a family. Uh, my mother-in-law had her birthday Thursday. Aaron's birthday today. Happy birthday, Aaron. My father turns 80 today, so it's his birthday. And so we uh, flew in to surprise him and just um, bless him. And so it's been great. Uh, yeah, so... Pleased to be here, excited to be here. I think I have a message for us. I've been loving the series on David that we've been going through as a church and as a family. And let me see if I can figure this out. The light's turning on, but nothing's happening. That's all right. <laughs> nothing's happening that's okay uh, I guess someone in the back will help me with some of the slides today um, as I said I, I've been loving the series on David uh, it's been really great I really um, enjoyed uh, Halen's one on the good shepherd Jesus as our good shepherd and just hearing the stories of what David is like and how he represents and reflects God's heart and um so we're going to talk about that today. But as Sarah said, I, I do come work with World Outreach. Um, and let me just go to that next slide, if you don't mind. So World Outreach is a mission organization. We exist to evangelize and disciple unreached people groups, equipping them to disciple their own and other peoples. Um, Rachel and I, my wife, we've been involved with them for nearly 20 years now. This is our 20th year, um, 2003. We left this church. And so um, it's been a great journey. And uh, we're really pleased to serve with them. Uh, the next slide, please. So as an admission organization, we work in about 270, uh, we have about 270 mission workers around the globe. We work in about 70 different countries. We have about 650 national workers on our teams, and we are engaged in about 165 unreached people groups around the globe and helping to bring um, the good news of Jesus Christ to them and to uh, mobilize them to do the same for their people and other peoples amongst them. Do that through a variety of different means of raising leadership, uh, evangelism, and church planting. That's where our real strength is. Mobilizing the church. Um, missions is to everyone and everywhere today. So we need to involve all people in this great commission of God. And then children's ministry and um, humanitarian aid um, to assist and help people around the globe uh, as we can. We have a pretty uh, audacious goal for 2025 and our vision uh, we would like to be engaged with 300 unreached people groups uh, by the end of 2025, and we are currently engaged, as I said, about 160. I think the latest number is about 178 unreached people groups that we're working amongst. So we want to double that, which we need more people, more money, more provision, all of that kind of stuff. So more prayer. And so there's plenty of ways to get involved. Um, 
you can go on a trip. You can join us, go long-term, serve long-term. You can give and support missionaries, uh, support works going on. Pray. We are working very hard to get 10,000 people to be interceding for and praying for the nations, for the missionaries. Um, and there'll be a QR code on the next slide. So if you want to get your phones ready, you can get involved here. Um, learn more. You can make a difference. Oh, that's right. Learning on our website. We have um, different training resources and a variety of tools that can help you understand God's heart for the nations. Um, you can get involved at worldoutreach.com. Follow us on social media at whatever that is, WO World Outreach. Um, and then you can scan the QR code to, to learn more, to sign up, to pray. We'd love to have you involved in that prayer. So today we're going to talk about why we are compelled for missions. It's working now. Thank you very much. So three motivations for missions. And I wanted to tie it into David. And as we said, you know, we know that David is a man after God's heart. That's how scripture decides, describes him. And the nations are in his prayers and in his Psalms and in his stories. It's a regular theme of who he is and what he has for people. Uh, David also serves, as we know, as a kind of foreshadowing of Christ, um, you know, as the anointed one of set up to establish the kingdom of Israel. And um, as Christ comes, he is also, you know, the continuation of that. So I'm going to tie this into that presentation and see how David's commands um, to worship align with Jesus's commands with the Great Commission and to all people to eventually come to worship and to know him because he is worthy to be known. So let's pray really quick and we'll dive in. God, we submit ourselves to you. We ask that you would come and speak to us through your Holy Spirit this morning, that you would um, speak to our hearts about your heart, your heart for the nations, for the people, for the people that you love and you've died for. And so just be with us, Lord. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So why are we compelled to missions? First, because we're commanded. Um. In Psalm 27, Psalms 27, this is a psalm that was written by David, um, according to Acts 4.25, where they quote him in it. And it says, ask of me and I'll make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. And it's the Lord speaking to David as the, the anointed one, the representation of God amongst the people, his favored one. And he says, ask of me and I'll make the nations your inheritance. We've been asked to follow in that lineage of Jesus, of David as his people as the coming behind him. And we need to continue to ask for his inheritance. David continues in Psalms 33 in one of his other Psalms that says, let all the earth fear him. Let all the people of the world revere him. It's like this permission. It's like this, we need to invite people. We need to make space for people to come in to fear the Lord. Psalm 96, which will be kind of our primary passage as we get into it a little bit later, says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. This psalm of, of David is, is to the community, you know, to Israel. Declare his glory among the nations the nations, the people surrounding them. It was not just Israel, but the nations. And we'll go into the nations a little bit more. And this all aligns with Jesus's words and his lasting words to us in Matthew 28. And sorry, it's a little bit small on the screen, but I hope you 
probably know it anyways, but let me read it. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we can see those previous Psalms of David is reflected here in David in Jesus's command to his own disciples, all authority. So David was a king given the authority by God to rule the nation. Jesus is God's son given the authority over heaven and earth, the creator of all things. It's a statement of who he is, of his authority, of his being. And then the red is a command, go. We are instructed to go to make disciples of all nations, all the different people groups of the world. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But we're instructed to do these three things, to teach them, baptize them, to, to disciple them, to teach them, to obey him. And that third one is David in Psalm 2, it talks about, and David's throne will be forever reigning. And here we see in the words of Jesus, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He's accompanying, accompanying, accompanying us excuse me, in this process of making disciples, of going into the nations, of seeing um, his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So why are we compelled? Because we are commanded. And we're compelled because of the needs of the nations. David spoke many times about the words nations and the nations of the people. And in Psalm 96, he says, for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. The people of this world need to know the truth of Jesus, to know the truth of his redemptive power. They are stuck worshiping gods, idols that are futile, as the scripture calls them. I was recently, uh, back in November, December, I was in Mozambique, and we were working with some church planters there amongst an unreached people group. And we were sitting around on the floor, and we were talking. And this lady began to share her testimony, and um, she was raised as a, as a young child, about three or four years old. She was committed to become a, a spirit medium for the community. So the Africa traditional religions is prevalent in this area. And she was handed over to the, the spirits and they had all these rituals and performances done to her and um, she became a medium. And so she, whenever people needed something, they would come to her and she would prophesy and she would do these different things under the influence of um, Satan of, of demons and our workers there begin to meet with her and they, they they did some deliverance with her and she was transformed and now she's become a, a new believer a follower of Jesus and she said that her whole life was devoted to this to being a medium and how futile it was because people still died people were still never quite free they would always have to come back but now that she became a new creation in Christ that freedom that she's experienced has transformed her. And so now, because she was a medium, she was never educated. Um, she never went to school. She can't read. She can't do any of that. So she spends her time praying and interceding for the people that God would move amongst them. And she's working to plant churches now and to help with a deliverance ministry there to help other people be set free. There is a significant need for people to be set free from false idols and from false hopes in this world, and we are commanded to do that. Psalm 2 
one and two says, why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed. We see in this world, we try and solve our problems on our own and we try and fight against God and it's in vain. The works of our hands cannot match the works of God's hands or his ability. And so people are still living out of their own strength, but their own strength will never be enough. They need the grace of Jesus, the work of the cross for them to come into true life and to freedom. Verse 12 of Psalm 2 says, kiss the son or he'll be angry and your way will lead to your destruction for his wrath can flare up in a moment, but blessed are those who take refuge in him. The world, the nations of the world are still on a path to destruction unless they turn to follow Jesus, who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. So we have a need in this world that requires us and compels us to go to all the nations. God's heart is for all nations. Matthew 28, the word nations there is ethne. We see that in the Psalms that um, David writes as well. So an example, in case you're unfamiliar with this idea of nations, it is not specific to a geopolitical body uh, or state. So in the example here, we have Nigeria, a, a political state, one nation, but it's actually made up of 541 nations or separate people groups within that place. And so the scriptures is not talking about this people group or th this geopolitical thing that needs salvation. It's actually the different peoples in this place. And that requires new work and new ways of doing things that are different to what we've been doing. This image here kind of helps us visualize a little bit about this. If the gospel is going forth and you're pouring syrup on a pancake, it just spreads everywhere, right? It's easy. You just pour over the top and it cut, spreads. And if we think of only as the gospel going out as a ge in geopolitical states, this is what happens. But the reality is, it's made up these five, you know, like Nigeria, the 541 people groups. There's barriers, there's differences that make them unique people. It could be culture, it could be foods, it could be languages, it could be histories of battle and, and war that prevent the gospel from spreading amongst them. And so we have to be very intentional to look and to ensure that all the pockets on the waffle are filled <laughs> with the good news of Jesus, with the syrup, that goodness of him. And um, we all want to go to IHOP. Yeah, okay. Possibly so. But we have to work towards that, and that takes work and that effort. Um, about, I guess, 10 days ago now, I was in uh, Egypt and Lebanon, and I was working in, in Lebanon with some Syrian refugees. And they've been, you know, it's been hard in Syria if you guys have watched the news, you know, 2014, around then ISIS came in and started bombing and to destroy everything there. And this house church that we were working with and in, the women of that house group formed a militia and fought back against ISIS as they were invading. And now they've sought refuge in um, Syria, in Lebanon. And one of the ladies said, you know, my five children have been killed. But now that I found Jesus, I want to go back and I want to reach those people who do not know, the woes that had persecuted us, those that had killed us. 
And it takes intentionality to do, go and do that. It takes a changed life. But many of the, in our current day, the many of the challenges that stop the gospel from going forward is these types of issues of strife and rivalry and wars and um, just history of not working and not loving together. And so we have to continue to, to pray that the gospel would pass through these barriers. But in order for these barriers to be broken through, we have to be very intentional about what we're trying to do. So how many people groups are still left in the world? So there's apparently, there's about 17,400 different uh, people groups, different cultures that make them unique ethnically. And of those ones, um, there's still approximately 7,400 that are unreached. So about 42% of the world's population is considered unreached, about 3.2 billion people. So the need is significant. So four out of 10 people in the world live in an unreached people group. There's some large ones, India, 52 million, the, the Jat of Pakistan, 33 million, the Burmese of Myanmar, still 32 million. We're talking significant numbers of people that still need Jesus, that don't have people who represent him in their population. So where are they located? Some of you might be familiar with this concept of people groups. So if you look at these pictures here, there's a bunch of green, yellow, and red dots. The red dots represent unreached people groups, primarily located in what's called the 1040 window, a geopolitical area, an area of, you know, looking at the longitude and latitude of the globe. So about, um, about five out of 10 people of all of, all of them are based there in that part of the world. But... Five out of six, sorry, five out of six of the unreached people groups live in that world. But this is a day of globalization. This is a day of people moving. And um, actually in Utah, there's still, there's quite a few uh, numbers of unreached people groups here specifically. Uh, Kay helped with some of this research. So thank you, Kay, for getting the stats. If you wanna learn more about how to get involved in Utah specifically, you can talk to her. She's got connections. But in Utah, are, there's refugees here from um, a variety of different countries, just over 60,000 of them currently. Um, they come from a variety of different countries here. So if we look at this list, Somalia, you know, 22, there's 22 people groups in Somalia, 20 of them are unreached. So vast majority of the people of Somalia are unreached and yet here they are sitting at your doorsteps. You can access them, you can engage with them. Afghanistan, 71 out of the six, you know, 69 out of the 71 people groups are unreached there. Syria refugees here, you know, 18 unreached people groups there, Iraq, Vietnam, the, the list is on. And this is just a partial list of the specific to refugees uh, of Utah. That doesn't include other people that have moved in and still uh, are unreached. I know there's a lot of Nepali people here and, and the vast majority of Nepal is still considered unreached of the different people groups there. So there's plenty of opportunities to do here. Some of our workers um, in Egypt have started to do training and vocational schools um, for Syrian and Yemeni refugees over the years there. It's produced great fruit of seeing new believers in Syria and Yemen. And uh, Yemen is a very hard place and we'll talk about that in a moment. And now there's people who are following Jesus from Yemen there and they do things that are quite simple. They hold English classes. They help teach um, barber school and beauty school. Um, computer skills so that people can reassimilate into these countries because they're not going to be able to go back to Yemen, which is still in civil war. 
um, Syria. Now with the earthquake and stuff there, it's in desperate repair, need of help and assistance, and they're not going to go back, but now they can integrate into these new lives with skills. And, and so maybe those are some of the things I know there are some organizations in Utah that do that, but perhaps that's something you want to volunteer some time with and get involved and become um, incarnational, be a light to these people as they're here on your doorsteps. So why are there so many unreached people groups? It essentially comes down to limited contact, limited missionaries, limited churches and finances that are be, being devoted to it. Globally, about 87% of all Buddhists, Hindus, and Muslims have relatively no or little contact with other Christians. It's an access issue to the gospel. Because there are no Christians there, they will never hear the good news of Jesus. And as an organization, we want to assist in bringing access to people. And as we read in David's heart, is for all the people to come before the Lord and to worship him. Limited missionaries, um, unfortunately, the vast majority of missionaries go to already reached people. Only one in 10 missionaries actually go and serve in an unreached people group. Limited churches, so this is an example from Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama has a population of about 212 people, and there's about 459 churches. But in Yemen, in the city of Al-Hudia, something like that, I don't speak Arabic yet, um, you have a population of 670,000 people, and there's zero churches. Without the church, without the follower of, of Jesus bidding together, how will they ever hear? How will they ever know? So we need to be intentional about sending people and starting groups and fellowships of believers into these hard places. Limited finances for every dollar of giving to all the causes of Christ Christian causes, uh, how much of it goes to pioneer churches and planting amongst unreached people groups. And we've talked about this in the past, but it's less than a penny of every dollar actually goes to pioneering uh, church planting movements. In North America, we spend more on costumes for Halloween for our pets than we do for sending missionaries <laughs> to unreached people groups. Kind of a sobering thought. So there's still 74,000 empty seats 7,400 empty seats at the marriage seat of the Lamb, of people groups that are not represented at his throne yet. So why are we compelled? Because we're commanded, because of the needs of the nations, because the Lamb is worthy. David writes this in Psalm 66, shout for joy to God all the earth, sing the glory of his name, make his praise glorious, say to God how awesome are your deeds, so great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. In David, we see this understanding of how great and how awesome God is, that his name is glorious, that he is of glory, that he carries something different, that his deeds are amazing, that he is amazing, that he has all this power and authority and um, he's worthy. He, we need to be praising God. Psalm 67, David writes, May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. In this psalm, David recognizes attributes of God. That 
He rules with equity, with justice, with fairness, with righteousness, with rightness towards each people group. He is great. And we need to recognize that. We need to see that who is our God that we serve? Who is the God that we follow? In Psalm 96, 1 through 8, uh, well, actually, we'll read the, all of Psalm 96, and I'll come back and speak to it a bit. It says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his names. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Sanctuary, Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Stay amongst the nations. The Lord reigns. The world is firmly established and cannot be moved. He will be judged. He, he will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees and the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the earth in righteousness and the people in his faithfulness. What an amazing psalm that is. Um, we, we're called here by, by, by David in this psalm. So this is that psalm that comes from 1 Chronicles 16 when he goes up, when they're bringing in the, the temple and they're worshiping and they're grounding it. He's, he's now proclaiming what it means to be in the presence of God, to have God's blessing amongst the people. And he's calling people to sing songs because of who he is, to declare who he is, proclaim the salvation day after day. For he is worthy. We serve a God that is worthy. He is above. He is above all idols. He is above all other gods. He has splendor and majesty are before him, strength and glory in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before all the earth. The greatness of our God is something that should bring awe and reverence into us it should bring this fear and respect of us because of who he is that he created as someone shared this morning the heavens and the earth that he has created all mankind in his own image he holds all the power all the authority and we're commanded to to know those things and to see those things and to rejoice in those things and to proclaim those things so that all people can come into an understanding of who he is, to stand in awe of his reverence. Uh, John Piper says in this psalm that there's three essential declarations made uh, to the people to follow. The first comes to declare God's glory, which we've been talking about amongst the earth, to tell his testimony, to tell the works, to declare what he has done. And we see that in verses 2 through 3 and verses 10, to ascribe glory 
to his name. The second one command that we see here is to summon the nations. Verse 7 says, Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. David's prayer for all the people was that all the nations would be represented here, that they would all be worshiping Jesus, that they would all be to ascribe means to give credit to or to acknowledge that every nation of the world, all the different people groups would be acknowledging him. And then it closes with a warning for judgments. Verse 13, let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes, he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and in the peoples in his faithfulness. We have a responsibility to declare the judgment of God to people, that it is coming. And if people are not submitted to him, if they've not surrendered to him, that there is a judgment for them that they will not like. But those of us who have been adopted into his family and that invitation is for all of us and all the peoples of the world, we get to come into his presence, into his blessing, into his forgiveness. So therefore, we must declare the worthiness of God. We must go. We must tell because of the needs of the people and the lostness, but because he is worthy. Revelations 5.19, or 5.9 and 11 And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take away the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, for men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches, and wisdom, and might, and honor, and glory, and blessing. Worthy is the Lamb, the one who laid down his life and sacrificed it for us. Worthy is the Lamb that has bought the nations, the people, every tribe and tongue with his blood. This worthiness of God should be a fuel for missions in our hearts because we have embraced new life in him. We have experienced the worthiness of Jesus in our own life of how he has redeemed us and saved us. But there are still 7,400 unreached people groups around the world that he has purchased and he has bought, but they do not yet know the good news of Jesus. Um, Moravian missionaries from 1732 had a, a saying as they went out because they went from hard place, they actually put themselves as slaves to other people so that they could go and to share the good news amongst other people. And he said, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. I pray for each one of us that we would recognize the worthiness of God, that we would have it on our hearts and our minds and our tongues that he would be that the lamb that was slain would receive the reward of his suffering. Because that's Jesus's desire for all people, all nations to come and to know him. Why are we compelled? Because we're commanded. Because the needs of the nations, 
and because the lamb is worthy. Because the lamb is worthy. So I think I'm going to stop there, actually, that the lamb is worthy. And I'd like to invite us to, to stand and to reflect on the worthiness of God, to declare his praises, declare his deeds, to contemplate what it means that he is worthy, what it means for us and our role in missions, whether it's to go, whether it's to give, and to send people, whether it's to pray, whether it's to get involved in your community here to love your neighbors. We all have a responsibility of this. It's been given to us. It's, we see um, this great need and we need to respond to it. Because the lamb is worthy. He has suffered. How many of us rejoice in the fact that we are no longer our former selves, but that we are new creations. I'm humbled by that idea as I think and reflect upon where I was to where I am now because of his good news in my life, because of that message that he has given us. And yet there are still 33.2 billion people in this world that have not heard, not had the opportunity to hear, and we need to declare this goodness as as, as, as David writes in the Psalms, let all the people praise him, declare his goodness, declare his salvations to the end of the earth. So can I invite us to, to come and do that? Please. Yeah. Oh, sure. I'll lead us in prayer. And actually, let me, let me read Psalm 67 over us as well. Psalm 67, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the people praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. God, we want to take this blessing that you've given us and we want to make your name uh, known amongst the nations. God, we want to speak and declare of your goodness and your justice and your mercy and your rule that you rule with equity, that you rule fairly and in righteousness. You are worthy, God, creator of heaven and earth, creator of all mankind to receive all honor and all glory. You are worthy because you sent your son Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, that through his death and his resurrection, we might know new life. For you are worthy to receive all of the reward of every people, in every tribe and every tongue before your throne because only you can open the seal. Only you can provide salvation. Only you. So we worship you, God, for you are worthy. You are worthy and you are worthy, God.
worthy. We want to declare your worthiness. We want to declare your greatness. Reveal your greatness to us this morning, God, that we might sing of who you are, that we might invite all the nations to sing of who you are, to know your infinite love, to know your infinite goodness, to know you, to have life and life abundantly in you, to be moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light of your glorious son, Jesus. This is our prayer. This is our desire. Amen. I would just like to close this out. Um, thanks, Ben. It's good to have you here. Um, I was thinking about, as Ben was sharing, um, I'm challenged today about as I look at others, as I look um, that image of Jesus on the throne and all tribes and tongues and nations and everyone represented, that that's how the Lord is jealous for each person. The Lord is jealous for uh, and passionate and desirous of people from every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every language. And it's like, Lord, give me eyes to see others the way you do. And we're challenged in these times to see others politically, see others geopolitically, see others socioeconomically, see others. And when you think about the glory of the Lord, you think about the Lord's jealous for each person. The Lord is jealous for people from every language and every tongue. Do we, do I, is my heart there? Is my heart there? Is that, am I, am I an American first or am I around the throne of heaven first? And that's my first perspective. Lord, I just pray as, as followers of Jesus, that our heart and that our perspective would be what your throne looks like above all other things, what heaven looks like, what your kingdom looks like. And Lord, forgive us for looking at other people and viewing other people with other eyes of less worthy or less blessed or less called or less or other than. Lord, each person you love each person. And that's your heart. You're jealous. You're passionate. You're worthy of each person. And Lord, thank you for where you've placed us in the waffle. Lord, thank you for our little waffle hole here in Sandy, Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah. Lord, we want to see all barriers come down for people experiencing you. Lord, take us to the, to the other, to others. Bring others to us. Lord, break, break down barriers in Jesus' name. Amen. I was thinking about that imagery of the waffle and thinking about something Jesus said about himself. Jesus lived in a specific time in history, in a specific place. And he was like, 
it's he, he prays in John 17 and he says, Lord, I didn't lose any of the ones that you gave me. That was his, that was what his heart, he knew where he was and who he was called to at that time. And his heart was, Lord, how do I, how do I care for the ones that you gave me? And then he told his disciples and you're going to go here and you're going to go there. And he, and it's, it's, it's both Lord. How do we be faithful with the place that you've put us? And how do you take us to the places that you want to take us to? And, and then he's, he's just going to empower our lives. He's going to empower our ministry just like Jesus was. Amen. Amen. If you would like prayer for anything specific this morning that we haven't prayed through, we're going to have a prayer team over here. Please um, go receive prayer. If you're online and you'd like prayer for anything, there's an email address there. You can put your prayer request uh, in an email and we'll get back with you and pray with you. Um, but I want to pray for all of us again, as we leave today that, um, yeah, Lord, we just, I just pray that the love of God would compel us to move forward. Thank you that you love us and that you sent your son and that you purchased people from every tribe, tongue, nation, and that you love each one that we bless Ben and his family as they, as they travel back, we pray Lord that you would um, bless their ministry and, and bless what you've called them to with world outreach. Lord, thank you for us as a congregation. Lord, thank you for our calling here in Sandy and our calling to the nations. And Lord, thank you that you're, you both call us to minister here and you call us to go out. And so we thank you. We want to be faithful with who you called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be dismissed. I think there might even be some snacks up in the foyer if you want to eat uh, and hang out. Amen.